You're now listening to the Open Africa podcast with Laulu, Nosa, and Furo. On this episode, we'll be discussing foreign exchange, mostly in Nigeria, um, how people can source FX as individuals and businesses, and also some recent regulation around foreign exchange. And how it works generally. Um, Because what we found is that a lot of people don't understand the restrictions and the like the entire way that fx works in a country like nigeria and that's why people are often fighting their banks and providers on fx yes i know there was a recent tweet i can't i think it's by the toilet paper company bullets or so where i think they had asked for almost four hundred thousand dollars in fx and only got assigned one thousand five hundred yeah oops <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. was yeah actually let's so let's start from the assigning yeah mm-hmm. so the the entire process of assigning it's even a thing because our regulator is trying to control um fx reserves and fx supply so I don't need to tell you guys why we are not generating as much FX as a country. That's one we already know what the problems are. The challenge now is that the central bank has to, from that limited supply of FX, allocate it to essentially everybody who needs FX in the country. Mm-hmm. So they started by removing some items from the list of valid items that they will allocate FX to. So if you are one of those people bringing in metals like steel or you are bringing in like denim, jeans, um, I don't recall all those 41 items at this time, but I think furniture as well, like wood and some of these other things, CBN essentially said, don't come to meet us for FX. And of course, you meet, go to meet them through your bank. And so all the other items that are valid for FX, they then need to figure out a way to allocate all of that FX. So what they started doing was that they started issuing forward contracts. Yeah. So for the non-finance growers, a forward contract is essentially an agreement that we'll agree price today, but I'll supply you whatever we agreed at a specified time in the future. Just in this case, it's a um it's dollars okay. that yeah. they are supplying. So what will happen is that the customer will go and meet their bank and this will lead us to many concepts. Mm-hmm. Oh God, just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot this is going to be a very technical episode, disclaimer. We will try, we'll release a... Blog post. Yes, a blog post Trying support. To it. And yeah. also provide links to like regulation, the banned items, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So the customer or the business will typically go and meet their bank that look, I have this form M. I will explain what a form M is very shortly. I have this form M. I've issued it. Um, I have this letter of credit um, and I need to finance it. And then whenever the CBN calls for bids, because yes, the CBN will make you bid for that FX. You present your best rates and then they will allocate FX to like the people with the best rates in each category. The bank will then debit the customer with Naira and fund the central bank's position and then say these are all uh customers right and these are their bids 
sorry just a quick sidebar i remember in the thick of that fx madness biscuits you know even biscuits when we forgot to transfer to cbn, to CBN. <laughs> and none of your customers got any fx no we didn't sleep that night that money moved <laughs> we called everybody <laughs> because who do you want to tell that, that oh, we didn't bid for you no so what will happen i forgot to bid for a customer no we sent the email but we didn't copy operations so we sent yeah, email to our team yeah, but we didn't copy treasury operations so we thought it had been dealt but i kept checking our balance yeah, and there was know. too much money in the balance <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've forgotten to I've forgotten to bid for a client before. Treasury had to bail me out. They had, they had to allocate FX to that customer from Treasury because it was a big value client and it would have been problematic. So essentially, if you want FX or something, officially, officially, you go to your bank. Yeah, you tell them you show them your letter of credit. So I let's have credit. Okay, good. You know, I talked about from M, from M earlier. Mm-hmm. Form M is essentially the official documentation that shows the physical product that you want to bring into the country. Yeah, so if you're buying something physical, you use Form M. Yes, it is managed by customs. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a trade portal, a single trade window. It's a website where the different agencies involved with importing anything, CBN, customs, Nesria, um, SON, Standard Organization of Nigeria. Nesra is environmental something. Everybody involved with they have access importing to has access to that platform and has visibility into every single product coming into this country. So, Customs manages it. And once you have your Form M approved by a Customs agent, it then qualifies for a letter of credit. Mm-hmm. A letter of credit is simply a payment method. Why it is called a letter of credit, I think at some point in history, there might have been like credits involved. But today, all it is is that your exporter's bank and your bank will do business with a third bank as the intermediary that ensures that the two of you keep to terms. So that letter of credit is essentially a payment method. Well, of course, it's a legal document that shows specifies terms and all that good stuff. So when you present that to your bank, of course, your bank will, would have issued the letter of credit on your behalf. You then take it to Central Bank. Your Cent- bank will take it to Central Bank. Your, yeah, your bank will take it to Central Bank and Central Bank will be like, okay, you want $500,000. Hmm, that's very nice. What's your best rate? You are bidding $420. Okay. So basically, you are the customer is the one that's... that's you specify the rate that yes. says the rates they want to buy. That they want to bid at, yeah. Of course, your bankers can advise you that, boss. You won't get at this rate. <laughs> we we bid so this, so we bid this rate for somebody last week. He did not get two dollars. <laughs> so you cannot go there and say you want three fifty. If you if you want to bid three fifty, that's entirely your call. Well, your I will not say you, I will not say what you, I want to say about rates, but yes. Your bankers will tell you that's a daft rate. Exactly. Okay. Unless if you know you have hands. If you are. A, if you are building a refinery, exactly, <laughs> then you of course of, because it's for national good. You of know? course, yes, that's, that's why, why you should have preferential access to FX. That's why. In any case, CBN will then say this for this round though, I only have fifteen million dollars to allocate to all of you, and the demand is 
200 million maybe dollars. Maybe 200. Maybe, maybe try 1 billion dollar <laughs> demand. <laughs> and then they will then say there are some, there is a sharing formula, so to speak. I've, I've heard that if you are an international bank or you have access to certain capital markets or something like that, um, your limits might be lower than a primarily local bank. There's try a formula to make things fair because Across banks. if you are in the industry, you know that some people have more FX than other people or more access to, to FX than other people. So from a treasury perspective. So like Standard Chartered versus Heritage Bank. Standard Chartered will typically get less allocation on average depending on what they, they present than, than well, bank. the first bank. What is that? Standard chartered is international, chartered. They are international, they have access to so, are, so CBN is not so basically CBN is saying if you can find FX yourself, there is a limit. To, it's not like they won't, it's not like they won't give you, but yes, they'll give guys that don't have access at all, yeah. So, if so, it makes bigger, it fair. and they might also give bigger banks because they have more customers asking. So, for it to be fair to local banks, local and bigger banks. Because think about it, if you're a tier one bank, you probably have a ma- like lots lot of, of customers asking you. Okay, so if compared to a smaller bank, if okay, let's say Citibank, yeah, First Bank, and Heritage Bank go to bid. First Bank will probably get the biggest allocation. Mm-hmm. Then who goes next? Who gets next? Depending on how much Heritage is bidding, you might be sitting next. But if they have yeah, because Citi is generally just. A bigger business bank. It's a bigger business, so they probably have more customers right. asking and whatnot, and then maybe heritage. But there's a science to it. I don't know the specific terms. I can find out, but I know that if you are local and you are not like international like that, you can get. You typically get bigger locations. Okay, so for for mentioned, there are 50 million. There's 50 million available to allocate. Mm-hmm. There's 50 there's million available million. to allocate. You've one done the sharing formula for all the different banks. And then from there, you now start working from there. So now, banks themselves also have FX obligations. Do they bid yeah. with their cost bid as well in the same window, or do they have a separate window? No, you can't. You can't go to that window That's customer for your window. own obligations. And bank obligations might be a your card, your yes, Naira card. Mm-hmm. You pay for Netflix with your GTB card. Dollar is coming from exactly somewhere. so the GTB gets GTB will charge you naira. in naira, but GTB has to settle Netflix in dollars. In dollar. So every Nigerian bank has a foreign bank partner, partner that keeps their FX for them because we don't have dollar clearing in Nigeria, we can't really settle dollar transactions. I think they have in Ghana. So every dollar transaction that happens in Nigeria get settled offshore that's why if you try to move money from your access bank dollar account to your standing KBTC dollar account it's ridiculous you see the charge you see offshore charges you and you now you're wondering like you pay you pay like a yeah you are paying all those fees because that money has to go outside of nigeria to come back inside nigeria don't ask me why we don't have dollar obviously there's a sidebar i was going to say cbn should do cbn should be able to solve it but that's for another episode. Maybe I'll discuss it another time. Now, offline first. Offline first. So now, what are the, so there's the import. Did we finish that dollar one? No, no, no. I'm saying so there's the import export window. Yes. And I'm guessing banks also have their own window. 
or is there or is there a window for them settling the application? That I and E window, I think, is different from this from the CBN window. Yeah. That I and E window is essentially matching export proceeds to with imports to demands. Yeah. Okay. So, because I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to understand how do banks settle their. I mean, they can sort for sort out for their customers, but how yeah. do banks settle their own obligations? And there are multiple ways that a bank might settle their own obligations. First, the first way is generally the FX that their foreign clients receive, and that's why FDI is so important tonight. Foreign direct investment. So, I open an account for. Um, what's the this the real business name for Domino's in Itango? And Itango. Okay, so I open an account for Itango. Itango has foreign partners. Those foreign partners want to do business in Nigeria, so they send Itango fifteen million dollars to yeah, operations in Nigeria. to their operations in Nigeria. That dollar gets into Nigeria. It sits with me, the bank, right? Um, and I will give because again it's for investments. There's something called a certificate of capital. Capital. Mm-hmm. It essentially shows the central bank that this so so and so amount of money came in for investment purposes. So that tomorrow, if they want to send that obscene amount of money out of Nigeria, they can say, This is when we brought in this money into Nigeria. Now we want to take it out. It's important to be able to take out money. Um, because again, these are business ventures, yeah. so they need their returns, right? And In the process of generating those returns, they've hired human beings to like to work the for you. They've they've paid taxes, they've contributed to you to your economy. So you need to be able to allow them exit, which is why we're having some problems now because I hear some people can't take their money out. I mean, this is not the first Airlines. time. And it's That's affecting true. investor yeah, confidence. This, and yeah, so, this is not the it's first. getting harder. Yeah, I mean, this is not the first time now. Airlines couldn't take so this. Yeah. I remember they stopped flying. United stopped flying yeah. that, their Nigeria route because mm-hmm. they couldn't get money out. Mm-hmm. And I also remember I used to audit um, Stambix Nominee's business, which represented a lot of those guys that are investing in Nigeria. BlackRock and Co. Part mm-hmm. of their, what's it called? Merging Market Fund and Co. It became hard for them to take out returns. Yeah. So I remember one of the things was matching. One of the things I used to do as part of the other thing was check if everybody has CCI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need that CCI to be able to get out your money. Um, otherwise, it becomes a flagrant violation of one of Nigeria's many FX laws. So in any case, that's one way that banks can, can I, uh, generate. And maybe that's my question for us. FX. Are there are these laws or are these just circulars by the CBN? What's the difference? Circular, between a circular, law. and a CBN. Circular is not a law. If you're a bank, circular is. If you are a bank, circular is a law. Legally speaking, circulars are not the law. Uh, that's 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 for, that's, that's for civilians. That's civilian. Okay, that's for civilian. If you are a bank, <laughs> circular is law. Circular is your law. If you flout those circulars and the CBN shuts down your business, you can be in I mean, court for a very long time. You go you just don't have business. You just don't have the business. business entity just won't exist anymore. I mean, it's not as if the business entity. They just say you can't partake in banking activities in Nigeria. You still be around. Bro. Yeah, your business will still exist. Still exist you still have RC number. But exactly. <laughs> you still have those banking activities. You can it. You can start baking bread. Ex- exactly. In your branches, so you bring in bona oven. I say this is a new business. Or more. It's crazy. So that's just one way that banks 
gets access to FX. Another thing that they might also do is use foreign credit lines. So a sterling bank can go and meet a city, city international now and say, I have a met FX demands to the tune of, I don't know, $500 million. Can I get a $50 million line from you? And over the course of the next two years or the next three years, I'm going to use whatever allocation I get from the central bank to pay you off. And those ones will charge you a fee, maybe LIBOR, LIBOR plus two or LIBOR plus... LIBOR is London interval. Just know that it's like a standard Google rate. It, Google it. It's like a standard rate, right? So they'll charge you that. You bring it into Nigeria, then you say, hey, Mr. Eat and Go, I have FX for you. What's your FX need? $5 million. I can give you the $5 million, but your rate will be LIBOR plus seven. So I'm already making a markup of about 5% on what I collected. So they're essentially they're lending the FX. And we lend the FX. And then over time, as we are bidding for them every week, that is at that point that if you mistakenly forget to bid hmm. for FX. Hmm. <laughs> so, you lend, so you lend the FX to eat and go. When eat and go, eat and go maybe we'll give bid. you a dinara cash as collateral or something yeah, yeah and so then every time you be debiting that collateral to where you want to get fx but okay. of course there's fx risk in that because if i do the transaction benchmark that 420 and cbn wakes up tomorrow like they often do they are it's now 450. you're losing money you are yeah you're gonna be short and if the customer refuses to add extra money which is why hedging might now come out another talk but yeah okay so now, so so it's a practical for everybody. So when your bank reduces your card limit to twenty dollars a month, what does that mean? It means that they don't have FX to set up. <laughs> it means there's there is no money. There is no money to go around again. The so they need to manage how much. Otherwise, the banks will then be in default with with their foreign banking partners and. When Nigerian banks beef is on Twitter, you insult me, you did logo. When foreign banks are, are beefing with you, what? if you are not careful, that money will become Nigeria's money to owe. If they don't turn it into sovereign debt that a bank duly, duly registered by the government of Nigeria is defaulting in their assessment. Maybe not that, not at that level, but it's going to be a problem for everybody. So they're reducing it to 20 because they forecast they cannot settle they, this they, they don't have the FX, yeah, based on the volume of activity that they've seen. And which is why they quickly nab you whenever somebody does a new dollar card and they say, oh, no limits and all of you rush there. Treasury will just look at the forecast of transactions that they will need to settle in two days and they'll be like, huh, it's not working. Next thing, our limit is now $50 per <laughs> month per customer. The one that I'm actually surprised that they've not done is link dollar limits per BVN. Mm. So today you have 50, you have $20. You can do 50. Don't give them ideas. You have 50 in so, you have zero in. I'll tell you something. So there was a period where when FX was peak bad, 
what people used to do. Is this not pig they, bad? No, actually, this is not pig bad. There was a time when you couldn't pig, withdraw your pig money. Bad. Pig bad. And that's because we've not chosen to do that now. No, pig bad was when. I know 2016. Airlines, when airlines were shutting down. That was because, 2016. Exactly. Exactly. Because they couldn't move money. That's big bad. I think this is just okay. This, this, is, this is bad, but it's not the worst. But I've seen worse in this country. Big bad, I remember what would happen was some guys, guys in the north, uh, you basically get people, different people with BVN to go up, a good open bank account, get cards. You go to get the card, say, take it to Dubai, withdraw, max out the limit, and you bring it back to sell. Here's, here's a better way. You incorporate a business in Dubai or England. You incorporate a business in Lagos, Nigeria. Then you buy a product for your Dubai shop. And then your Nigerian business will buy from your Dubai business. And then you bid for FX at 420. And then when you get your FX, you bring it back into Nigeria and sell at 560. <laughs> See the way my voice is low. Please don't do it, it's illegal. <laughs> that's what it is. That's round tripping? Yes? Yes. Round tripping. Yes. Extraordinaire. Like, we, t- people did that a lot. And then I think it then got to a point where they then started to like investigate this thing. Another weird FX thing that the central bank has been doing to like try to control this um, FX demand is like specify what you can do with your export proceeds. So, if you export products today, maybe you are a farmer, you buy, you have sesame seeds or whatever, you are shipping it to guys in Asia and they've paid you $500,000 for that shipment. When that money hits your Nigerian dumb account, you can't just wake up and spend that money. You need to have a there's valid use for that money. You can either use it to finance your own things that you want to import. Do they let you spend it now? Because I remember it's specified in, so specified like, use. So back in my back in the day, if I remember correctly, you could only get that money back in Naira. Unless that's changed. You could use it for specific things. In dollar. You can I think now you can do I and E window. If you have your own letter of credit or your own bills for collect bills for collection is like letters of, of credits, but the payment is in a future date, is like agreed after so 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 this thing. It's this it's like it's very similar to letters of credit. So if you have any of those pending, you can use your export proceeds to pay. But you can't withdraw it as dollar. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can So I remember Stampy got in trouble in 2016, 2017 be- because there was an CBN audit, there was an audit exception where an export proceeds account got debited. And there was no valid use. And was, yeah, and it was by mistake or something. Yeah. And they got dinged on that one. Yeah. I've I've had when I've had to deal with my clients back in the days with my clients' export proceeds accounts. I would typically need to get like sign off from compliance and trade. So the trade guys need to agree to it and compliance needs to vet that activity. There was a time I even, I tried to be, to just cause again, I can't be sending you an email every time I want to spend out of this account. So like, can I get a standing instruction to like, if this is the use case, 
you guys automatically were approved on what they told me though. And hearing that bank got into trouble for this, I can imagine why why they said no. So yeah. Don't worry. Ah, Furu, speak now. Mm-mm-mm. Just let's continue. Furu. <laughs> Furu is shy. Furu is Furu is Furu is having a secret again. This is what we talk about Furu. Anyway. But, oh but one thing I'll say, she's a good, I think hey, I'm just here for sidebars today. I do not miss dealing with audits and risk and control. I do not miss it. Oh yeah. I, I do not. I, I, I think. I, am I cutting this out? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So okay, now we've done form M. So form M is tangible good. So yeah. form A. Form A is intangible. So you mortgages. are paying for. I'm not sure mortgages still qualify. Maybe a banker, a real banker, not a bank worker. A banker should confirm to us. Um, but I know that medical bills, education. Um, oh, I think mortgages still apply. I think it is credit cards that no longer apply. Yes, credit cards is the one they stopped. When yeah. They, when if you have asked. foreign credit cards before you were able to source FX from So I so I, I'll tell you one business I used to run back then. I'm just going to put this here that when you hear the bleep, this is me trying to keep Nosa from getting himself arrested. So let's <laughs> let's go ahead. When I was in private banking, you could do mortgages because a bunch of Nigerian men, big men that used to have UK mortgages, they used to use for me to pay. Yeah. Mm, school fees. Yeah. You could do school fees. School fees is very popular. Apparently, lots of you school abroad and then paying those fees from the medical bills. Markets is yeah, medical like bills that. was the other one. Yeah. Essentially, intangibles. Um, that's from A. That's so. from A. Yeah. At some point, they created from Q. Yes. I don't really recall what it was for, but I know that I had a customer who had some physical goods that they were bringing in, but there was some special ex- exemption to them or, or something funny like that. Hmm. I don't recall. Maybe when I find out, we'll put it in the in the blog post. Mm. Okay. So, we've spoken about Form A... Form M, so that's basically requesting as an individual or as a business, right? Yeah, and getting it officially from officially CBN. from CBN. Right? So now, you are if you are doing so from A and from M, there are specific things you can only you can use them to pay. Yeah. So now when you are not using, when you do, when you are doing you need to pay for something that's not on that list of things you can pay for with from A or from M, what do you do? You need to source FX from somewhere that is not the central bank, huh? Where you source it from is your business, but there there is also regulation on if you get cash deposits inside your dollar account. I think there's a cap on how much you can send out. I think it's like 10k. I don't even think you can you send out send cash out anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, if you get cash deposits, you can. If you, you get cash deposits, you can go back and get it as cash. Yeah. And the reason for that is is beyond all the. Actually, again, it just leaves your poverty as a point. Well, FX poverty. Yes, FX poverty because I recently learned that when you deposit cash for an exchange into the bank branch, it's actually a cost to the bank to actually have that cash and then find ways to get that cash out of their position. Like it's a serious right thing. Yeah. Right, because your real 
dollar positions are not in country. They're not in cash. Yeah, they're not in country. Right. Yeah. So there's very cash evacuation and stuff. Yeah, which is very expensive. Which is why they also won't take bills with from a certain date. Yeah. Mm, we learn every day. This is why bank operations. It's not funny. It's not fun. And this is if your you're part. if you're building a, a fintech today and your roadmap is to become a commercial bank at some point, because let's face it, there's only so much ma- so much money in the trenches. The real unsexy part that is high value is all these treasury operations and things these are things you need to mentally prepare for because not only are you now doing it you you also now have a hawkish regulator that is monitoring every single step so now i know the way it works now is if you do cash you can remove it as cash if you get wired in you can move it as cash or you can do a transfer out you can wire it out so if you have items that you're bringing in that because for example i had a client who used to bring in this pre-fabricated wooden banners and stuff um not banners like you know these like ntn kiosks and mm-hmm. things yeah he used to bring them in prefab and so be, i think because they were wooden they don't qualify for um fx so he would found source from somewhere and then when he all he needs to do for his form M to get approved, because on the form M, you specify the payment method, right? Um, so all he needed to do was just specify that this is not valid for FX and then provide um, evidence of payment. Because another thing to note is that at some point in history, there was a payment method called open account. And what that was was that exporters would just ship goods to Nigeria without receiving payment on the premise that when the importer receives the, receives the goods, um, they will then make the payment. But they found out very quickly that many Nigerian businesses... Mm, the more you look, the less you see. Yeah, they don't really have integrity like that. And the problem with trade is that it's a very sovereign thing. It's highly regulated. It tells on the character of the country. So things like that become sovereign debt essentially nigeria then begins to owe the other country owe the exporter <laughs> on behalf of the importer that did not remit any payments and nigeria was just like yeah you know what we're not we're not gonna be doing that anymore so you really can't use open accounts anymore in nigeria just a nice fun fact so if you if you're sourcing your fx do you still need form m and form a yes because if those goods are going to come through the ports Sure. There, there are a series of documents. Um, there's or there's a document called a pre-arrival assessment report. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, the par together with the form M, um, the SONCAP, SON Standard Organization of Nigeria will do an assessment of the product that you're bringing in. So your par, your form M, and your SONCAP. If you're bringing in chemicals, you might need Nesria or something like a Nesria certificate. Those things are needed to clear your goods. And then after you clear the goods, there's another documentation again, which is the final exchange control documents. It will involve the clearing documents that you get everything. You need to submit it to your bank, who will then tell the central bank that these goods that we're bringing in, he has cleared them, he has received them. So that way, once you get FECDs, which is what we call them, 
they can then tell whether you are a serious minded person or not and whether that deal was fictitious or not because the bank has paid um they've allocated effects you opened a for men you got an lc they made payments payments was made successfully but goods have not come in where are the goods so the final exchange control documents essentially are evidence that the goods came in the goods came in and used the fx for what you said you were going to use it for so yeah that's a bit of trade trade finance so yeah. can you do the same for for me for me it doesn't really you don't need, you don't need because they are like human destinations so I you think. just so you just wire it once you wire it you wired it okay once you wired it because again these are intangibles how do we know that you've received the education that you said yeah <laughs> that, so that you said you are paying for give you exam how do we ascertain that when you... the child returns <laughs> give the child exam <laughs> bring your diploma <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit difficult to, to catch people for, but for tangibles, it's very clear. They are either goods or they are no goods. I hear that for oil and gas transactions, though, you can you can clear without power. I'm not sure if it is legal, but there was a day that we could have sworn that we had caught somebody breaking the law. So, of course, we had escalated in that. Ah! These people are taking possession. Us, it's not us. <laughs> They've taken possession of PMS. I cannot see the power anywhere. <laughs> I cannot see power. And um, the the guy that we're talking to was like a like a zonal head. I didn't report to him directly. I was just like, no, guys, just calm down. Let's call the trade guys. And the trade guys were like, ah, yeah. For oil and gas deals, they have like their own process yeah i mean there's a standard process but we all know as they go for this idea <laughs> essentially that's the summary of what you were saying i'm like oh okay okay now this brings me to my next one black market yeah. what is the black market the black market exists because you can't go to the cbn for everything you need yeah I think about it imagine if when you wanted to travel um, and you're a big boy, you're looking for $10,000 because you want to go and flex in Birmingham, Mauritius, Mauritius, London, wherever it is that you're going to. And Aboki is telling you it's $590. And Bank is telling you, oh, we'll sell to you at $410. Who would you go and meet? Of course, you go and meet the bank. But the moment we said these things don't qualify for FX, we created a black market. Because normally a black market would only exist for like nefarious activities. You don't want the you don't want any record of this thing like officially. So you would go to the to the parallel market. That's the only reason why it exists. Because if tomorrow the CBN says anything you need effects for, go and meet your bank. No. When I started in commercial banking, funding letters of credit was as simple as an email to Treasury. You just send an email to Treasury. Well, I have a client. He has opened a $50,000 letter of credit. Please allocate FX. And Treasury will give you the FX. And Treasury Ops would wire the money to the beneficiary. Very simple. The, conf- the confirming bank, the third-party bank. Remember I talked about the three banks in the letter of credit transaction. And they will sit on the money until they get shipping documents from the exporter, which is evidence that the goods have been shipped. Mm-hmm. 
transaction sweet and simple. Now, you need to fund your Naira position, you need to go and bid for FX. The FX might not even be spot, it might be a 30 day forward. Spot is that you are getting that money today, today. 30 day forward is that spot you get. The, the idea the shortest shot, possible okay, is that, yeah, <laughs> 30 day forward is that you are getting it in 30 days, 60 day forward, 90 day forward. I once had a client who thought he was sick. He went to go and bid like much lower than everybody else. Then he got like a 90 day forward. And he came and was just furious. And we we're like, we don't specify the tenor. The CBN gives you the tenor that they didn't fit. So back then, people who were bidding lower rates were getting longer tenors. If you go and bid anyhow, you see anyhow. If you bid higher, because we had clients who bid much higher than everybody and they would get spots. So it's 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 not as sexy again. You know, Just back to sorry, before, back to your point around uh, CDN issuing. Remember that for travel, there's a PTA. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. We even forgot to we forgot to mention BTA and BTA and BTA. So PTA is personal travel allowance. BTA is business travel allowance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the CBN gives you. Official rates. Official rates to get for your travel for your travels. Yeah. So you can spend overseas. Yeah. But you also have limits. Yeah. So four thousand dollars. Four thousand. Is it a quarter now or is it a year? Quarter. A quarter. So you have four thousand dollars in a quarter. And actually, for you personal must have, travel, you must have return ticket. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now they've gotten to the point that if you don't use it, you have you to must return, return the money. Yeah. So that's even more so. That's even the newest one because I know back then you could just get it. So what you do was, and then when I, if you knew anybody that was traveling, you just give. I mean, this this is this was illegal activity. Okay. Just putting a, putting a caveat there. But if you knew someone that was traveling, you could take out of their. PTA allocation and help them max out. If they only need like 1k, you bring the rest and they max out their their thing. But now CBN, I said CBN is clamping that down. So they're forcing that. people to put the money in cards and yeah. monitoring the transaction so, of those cards. So if, if you don't finish it, they'll debit you. They'll collect it back. Again, this is still not pick bad. This is still not pick bad. Are you sure? This is not pick bad. Okay. I mean, we have just evolved, but it's not as bad as having no effects. I hope the central bank knows that payment gateway integrations are very simple to do. And you soon have a business incorporated abroad that is helping people get that money out. But again, if it's convoluted and you can argue that the real people who will be round tripping, it's not $4,000. It's like not $4,000. That's, that's too much problem. work to round trip. It's too much work. Attack. Which is fair. Also, if your if your destination is less than six hours, they don't give you. You won't qualify for PTA. So if you are going to Ghana, sorry, you don't qualify. Sos. Sos. as was a thing. That was my second query. Was because I was trying to explain to the branch guys that it made no sense. I didn't even want to give me PTA for Zanzibar because I think Zanzibar is like it's not six hours. Like maybe like five or. And I was stopping in Kenya or something, or something dumb, sure. And it was visa on arrival. And they were like, mm-hmm. despite having a ticket, I didn't have a visa because I got the visa on arrival mm-hmm. and it was not full six hours. Mm-hmm. So they didn't give me PTA. And I said that they were not being reasonable and they didn't have sense. Then the branch manager told my boss and they sent me a query that I was causing a ruckus. <laughs> but that's this funny, fun side anecdote. No comment. <laughs> 
Musa and I got into a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we can see that's why I'm not a traditional banker anymore. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But now, F- FX is a very it's a very highly regulated space in Nigeria and now it's becoming a very political thing. You just can't just can't do anyhow with FX. You will see anyhow. And that's why crypto is so or at least someone's theory is that that is why crypto is so like annoying to them because i feel like at the end of the day there is fx movement movement somewhere yeah because crypto settlements are in usd yeah so everybody that provides that provides a crypto service they basically it's like the same thing bamboo does in fact it's the same the mechanics of the transaction is there's nobody there's no there are no local liquidity providers as far as i'm aware Liquidity providers are always are all international, and mm-hmm. they all want their money in international money. Mm-hmm. So somehow, somehow, they need, to find a way. they need to find a way to settle. Because yeah. I remember I was talking to seniors, and I was doing crypto. I've been doing crypto evangelists within my organization, even though now DeFi vex me. But we digress. And when I finished explaining, one of the less technical people there, a lady, she asked like, "But what is the real problem with crypto?" I gave one long answer about control and decentralization and blah, 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 blah. And one of the senior guys on the call was like, yeah, there's all of that, but this is also a dollar conversation. Yeah. And we all know that once it's a dollar conversation like this, it becomes a serial stain very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. And and that's why I still find this PAPS implementation underwhelming. Because it's, it's, it's still tied to dollars. There's still dollar settlements. But and now, so, um, I think they've rolled out as a standalone business. I saw someone, MD Paps. That oh, yeah, that is for, a former InterSwitch guy. Yeah. Michael Wallow, yeah. Paps, by the way, is Pan African Payment mm-hmm. Settlement mm-hmm. System or something. Yeah. I it's mean, like NIP, I, but I, for I haven't Africa. I've really read too much on it, and forgive me, I might be ignorant on it, but from what I understand, it's essentially just dollar settlement in Africa. Not it's moving away from dollar, I think. It's trying to move away from dollar. That's what they claim on the surface. Yeah, for tr- for trade activities, but there's still dollar demand on the financial institutions who play. Or on the central banks, I should say. Because it still remains the international currency of trade. Right? Which is why that yuan swap that we wanted to do is it in 2017 or so it made a lot of sense right you look at the balance of trade between china and nigeria and instead of going through dollar why don't you just use their own currency for an IRA swap and for everything they are bringing from nigeria whether pms or okay maybe not pms maybe crude <laughs> i'm not sure we export yes <laughs> but if you are doing like crude and whatnot then they'll pay us in in naira and it will reduce a bit of the demand the pressure. yeah the pressure on the dollar but then again it's also reducing the dollar inflow as well so perhaps here's a wild idea open up your markets yeah that did that didn't really take off that you one thing didn't take Stop off because i remember when that ha- when that happened um what was there's this chinese card processor I forget their name it's not uh they're like the third, at least they're the fourth, third, fourth player after Visa, Mastercard, Discover, kind of. I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember. The name yeah, there. they were going to make inroads into Nigeria, and I know Chams was going to be one of their 
processors union pay union pay exactly when we start seeing union pay on um, atms we start translating certain atms to mandarin because it thought that was the future yeah then that never took off yeah it didn't and honestly i i don't have all the details yeah i don't remember why it never took off yeah but it, it, it just didn't but fx highly political so heavily regulated let's tie back into the fintechs so now there are different fintechs payday abuki now gray um bata to some degree uh i forgot who else even um bycoins is doing uh, this what am i saying all of them are using flutter with apis so flutter with so flutter with is powering a bunch of of um businesses giving them virtual accounts and they can do they can receive fx in naira and they can spend and there are no limits provided they're buying in at not cbn rates what so where does that do you know where all of that sits in our in terms of Nigeria. our current fx structure if they're all using flutter with apis then i'm sure that there is dollar settlements involved somewhere or or flutterwave is maintaining a position offshore no across all those countries yeah, i said offshore across the country yeah sorry <laughs> sometimes when i hear offshore is it you think i love man <laughs> yeah i think pan-atlantic <laughs> flights <laughs> I, I think what i think private banking uh, <laughs> offshore banking oh my days Remember when they couldn't come and tell us to solve problems for private banking? Like, please, please, please. For real, that's side by two side by two. It's two side by. I couldn't even relate <laughs> when they were telling us to do that. But that's a different case. So See. now, for those for those guys, essentially their rates are closer to black market. Yeah. Now, is it that their provider or Flutterwave is basically sourcing FX? I want to believe. So I'll put a caveat and say. I don't know for sure what Flutterwave is doing, um, but come what may, if you are moving money across borders organically, you are very likely going to have dollar involved. If you have positions in, and by positions I mean like a, an amount of money sitting in a bank in all these countries. And then you, the same business entity, have money sitting in the local currency in another country inside a bank. Realistically, you could match. So today, the equivalent of 100 million naira went went out of Nigeria to Ghana, and in the same, in the opposite direction, 80. I don't know what the cities come <laughs> Maybe let's say 10 million cities went left Ghana headed for Nigeria. Realistically, you could you could have a treasury operation that you know tries to balance this. Okay, these two ways, Naira to um, Ghana and cities to Nigeria, and just try to balance it. Basically, what these guys are trying to do is it as a yeah, it's a um, finance. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that a simpler solution would be to just peg everything against the dollar. 
<laughs> and you're back to square one yeah so, i are back to square one you have a dollar position that you know helps to augment you across these markets but honestly that floater wave one i don't know what the what the game is but i know that they also provide fx through barter and yeah barter so, doesn't have a bbc license do they and even if they did even if they did have a bdc license you can't sell fx to for random miscellaneous use like that in nigeria per regulation because basically this isn't like a gray area because the way it works is you're getting a virtual card issued it's an american card it's a prepaid card and it's issued because i've done like a bin lookup for the thing it's issued out out of country offshore so that's what that three 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 months whatever whatever yeah so that's what that's the that's where that card is tied to and you're buying dollar to fund that card at black market rates so basically when you're buying dollar at black market rates flutter is essentially preloading those virtual cards so you can use them so they are, so they will have a dollar position to sell to it's now i guess maybe it's probably should get some from flutter or treasury text to fill in the gap on how that do, that narrow they collect at 580. How That's they what I say. It, I believe that how they easy to settle their obligations in in the USD. I mean, obviously yeah. you have a position, but eventually the position is going to be running. Will be depleted, yes. Because you're settling to your issuer. You are settling your issuer for those virtual cards that have been pre um that they are preloading or that they are loading for you. So what if that's why there's always downtime? That money has finished. Wouldn't be impossible. <laughs> Because sometimes I, I can imagine that Treasury will wake up one morning and tell card operations, Allah, you stop that. <laughs> Is that like, stop, stop, stop turning off it now. Off it. Also, and you, you just be on ASOS. Still shopping. These of you to be clicking checkout quickly. You know, I, it's not working though. It, it sits in a very, it's a, it's a regulatory gray area because but it's a, it sits in a regulatory gray area because they're not American cards, mm-hmm. um, and it's essentially a US entity that's giving you access to that. So there's now like KYC. Are you KYC against the, the, that Nigerian against, against the against the international entity, or is Flutter with the umbrella KYC and everybody's riding on, which is why we all have the same address? It has to be umbrella KYC because you all have the same address, and they're not asking you for EDD. Then there's now the legality of it in the first place. Is this CBN permitted activity? Does no the comment. CBN know? No comment. But yeah, it's a very interesting development. Nosa just gave me wicked eyes, but yeah. No comment. No comment. I don't understand why you guys. This is a vibe question, so it's an interesting business model. It's yeah. not why there's no more. I'm saying no comment because I don't know what the CBN's position on, on it is. All I know is that Flutterwave is a regulated ent- entity. They have a number of licenses from the central bank. So the, the central bank knows them. If they are breaking the law, I want to believe that the central bank is well aware. I mean, I know they have an IMT, and it could be possible that they they are hiding that that exchange and that thing riding on the IMT. But then again, we'll never know. Um, but that's also very interesting. I know um, on the streets, I've been told that uh, Helicarrier does a lot of FX payments. Yeah for for what's it called for a lot of startups because if helicarrier is doing it then there's a final fx position yeah so like helicarrier you know they, they don't officially have a nigerian position anymore 
but they have like Nigerian obligations and things they have to do. So there's also that angle as well. But just in a, in a, in a segue, I guess it's not really related. Fertile also has those products where you can get USD bank details with a that's a commute via an API through a community bank in America. I know mm. that's what PDA, Gray, and Hel- and Sencash also use. Yeah, I just need somebody that will let me open and hold a US dollar position in the US. So the tricky thing, I know people have tried, the tricky thing is the KYC part. I will provide my blood group and other details if they ask. All they need to do is ask me. Is this the case? And it's because because I I from to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of confidence in in our from my own markets exploration is Nigeria is also very high risk, so a lot of these providers are not ready to do um, what's it called non resident what's it, non resident KYC or something for Nigerians because we're all dodgy. Wow. Uh, they say our IDs are also dodgy. Because wow. it's easy to fake. Yeah. So they should they should use Smile ID now and connect. Smile, it's not a business they want to do in the first place. They will pay Smile <laughs> Smile ID to do those checks just because of Nigeria. There's no value in it. If there's money to be made, look. I, but I mean, that's just for my own personal exploration of giving people like virtual giving people in Nigeria account details of offshore. It's the big big KYC thing. So I'm guessing that's why Flutter we started out with the prepaid cards. Then it evolved into this community bank relationship which i haven't really looked into what the dynamics are who the provider is mm-hmm. but it's also it's very interesting chat it's very interesting um for given for what everybody says about flutter within this ecosystem i feel like they've been the ones that's, that have done more to connect yeah connect us with that global market otherwise mm-hmm. we are stuck with cbn and band list yeah let's ju- let's see how it un- unfolds as as we go along because i think this dollar thing it'll be interesting to see how the next administration in this country handles it and the next cbn governor because i can say for a fact not even as a participant in the in the financial services industry but as like a regular civilian that's this last couple of years have been a disaster from an FX perspective. Um, we've it's been seen... bad. I think the problem it has been consistently bad, not peak bad. I say peak bad. I'm not even peak bad. Was the same peak... administration now? Oh, true. Though. I it's forgot. the same. It's eight years. Yeah, is Murphy and Co. Is still them. When they unleashed forty-one items on us, it was them. The the controls it was them the fossil forceful conversion of dollar to naira at some point because i remember echo bank emailing my dad that they wanted to convert all the dollars in his dumb account to naira that if he tries to withdraw it it will be naira then at some point when things stabilized a bit they then told him that yeah that they are not doing that again that he should come back but yeah if you look at it it, it, it has been them you know and you can point to other countries and say, oh, oil, Angola too had this and that, but... Because yeah. the, the first the first four years of the regime was, that's when we had peak bad. Yeah. And then the second four years, that was consistent bad. It wasn't like a singular... 
No, but it is getting progressively worse. Yeah, but it's like very consistent that you don't notice that it's, it's bad. What's it now? 590? Yeah. 590? Yeah. But then remember, it jumped from like 200 to like 400. No, it did. It did 200 to like 305 or so. Yeah, it was like, it was just, it was just one big jump. I was like, ah, what's going on? But now it's just like, oh, 500, 510, 500. We also have this useless thing of multiple FX rates. And, and I'll give you an example. There was a time in this country, CBN's rate was 205. No, CBN's rate was three. Maybe 345 or 340, depending on where you're buying, whether sport or 30 day forward or whatnot. The single trade window that I talked about at the beginning of this episode was doing dollar 308.5. So when you are doing insurance for your for men, you the 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 rate that they used to calculate the value of those goods is 308.5, but you are buying FX from the government at 340. Meanwhile, the parallel market at 390 or 400. I think we've had as, as a period we had as much as like nine rates. Just every and then there was also card rates, which was a different thing. Yeah. Card rates at that time was maybe 360. Because I know Abuki FX used to do card rates. And there was ATM rates, ATM withdrawal rates, there was like card transaction rates. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Till the next episode, thank you for listening.